All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be back here with you once again, everything Buffalo Bills. And as we talked about before, I have a special guest on the show right now. His name is Chris Collins. And if you're on Twitter and if you're a member of Bills Mafia, you've probably seen some of his work. Chris, thanks for joining on the podcast today. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me. I'm really flattered and honored to be a part of it. Uh, you, know, you do great work. So if I can hop on here, I'm um, really excited. Now it's uh, it's great to have you. And for those of you that uh, that maybe don't know Chris's work yet, or you don't know his name just yet, you've probably seen some of his work. Is a uh, bunch of these pieces have have gone viral and really blown up amongst the Buffalo Bills community. But again, in line, getting some adoration from football fans across the country. Um, Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the videos that you did? Really, the first one I think of yours that I saw, um, the Buffalo Bills fan coming out of the seven-year coma. And I should say, too, we'll link all of these on the site. So everyone, if you haven't had a chance to see them yet, you'll be able to. But that was the first piece of your work that I came across. And why don't you kind of chat about that a little bit for the fans? Sure. Yeah, thanks for watching. Basically, you know, I'd done one or two videos already, and I was kind of trying to think of the next one. And uh, I was going back and forth between doing an impression of a real person or just kind of making these fictional characters up. And um, I had just done a Sean McDermott impression, so I just wanted to come up with something where I wasn't um, imitating anyone. I just wanted to uh, just kind of like do something funny for Bills fans. And I was reading these things online. You know, if someone came out of a coma today and they were explained uh, how the world was, you know, they kind of have to be shocked, you know, because the world is in such a interesting state right now. Sure. So I figured it'd be funny just to combine a, a Bills fan waking up and, you know, he hears all these, like, strange things happening in the world, but his number one priority is, you know, are the Bills still really bad? Because they were so bad for so long. And, you know, I uh, I grew up, you know, the Bills were bad ever since I could remember what I had for lunch, you know. I, right. I'm Brady, you know, that was 2000, 2001. I was in fourth grade. So uh, it's so funny the Bills are just recently good. So I figured if a guy woke up from a coma and he heard the Bills were good, it would give him, like, you know, a reason to get out of bed. So. <laughs> It's kind of silly, and um, I just started filming it myself, and you know, I shot the guy in bed first, thinking about you know what his uh, you know, when you wake up from a coma, you got to be like really emotionally uh, sensitive, and I just felt like he'd be very vulnerable. Sure. And uh, exactly, and then in comedy, it's always funny to do opposites, so I just kind of had the other guy just kind of think of it as a very blasé. Oh yeah, this guy woke up. Okay, so. I think that's what made it funny is the other character was just so silly about it. And then the end, the kind of the plot twist is Brady's on the Buccaneers now, which is so, such great news. You realize that would have been such a party in Buffalo had we not all been locked inside. Well, that's been surreal, I think, in many ways, even myself, right? And you kind of look at it and you always just assume Tom Brady would retire as a member of the Patriots and you go through with all of it. And then you know, this all came about and, and I did think it worked out perfectly with your video because, right, not only are the bills good now, I mean, that might have been kind of the more believable part for the uh, for the part you were playing there versus Tom Brady being a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that is just so insane. It just sounds made up like that hasn't it hasn't hit me all the way yet. I don't know. I really I have to see him in the jersey or something. I don't know. It's just he's been in my nightmares for so long, you know. <laughs> I can uh, I can understand that part. And, you know, I probably should have asked this question first. Now, you're out in Los Angeles now, correct? But you grew up in Buffalo? 
Yes, sir. Born and raised. So talk to me a little bit about the journey on how you got there. And, you know, I know you mentioned kind of Tom Brady's been tormenting you all these years as a fan of the Bills. But why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about how you got out to Los Angeles? And I know you did some work, I think, with the Bills and the 49ers in the past, too. Yeah, I uh, I attended St. Joe's uh, Collegiate in Buffalo for high school. Had a great time. I grew up in Clarence. And then I went to Canisius College uh, for four years, studied graphic design. And I had a million internships. And, you know, I graduated from Canisius. I had no plan as to what I was going to do. My one internship had gone bankrupt. So I was literally taking um, team photos of Little League baseball teams. That's what my job was at a college. Okay. So, you know, really great plan A there. And then uh, somehow got an interview with the Buffalo Bills. Um, my friend Ted, Ted Jarmus uh, hooked me up. Shout out to him. And somehow nailed the interview and they hired me. So. I worked in creative services for the Bills for the 2014 season, which was the nine and seven year with Doug Marone. It was an interesting year. You know, the team was pretty good. We barely missed the playoffs, but like everyone was optimistic because we had a winning record. And um, it was the Kyle Orton year. So it was just like a rogue one-off. It was a good time to be there. Um, everyone was in good spirits most of the year. And then I remember being in the building when Marone bounced and everyone was like really betrayed by that. It was really sure. weird. So then uh, the Pagulas bought the team. They kind of shuffled the departments around, and my internship um, ended. And uh, I ended up getting a job at the 49ers out in San Jose. So I packed up and drove out to California in 2015. It was super fun. And the 49ers is a cool place to work. It's a big, big organization. The Bills is more of a mom-and-pop shop. You know, they got sponsors like Yancey's Fancies and, you know, Ted's, Duff's. And <laughs> when you go to the Niners, right. it was like I was putting the Pepsi logo on things. You know, this is Bud Light. This is Verizon. It was like suddenly a much bigger deal. And it was cool. I liked it a lot. My my boss was a cool guy. Everyone was really nice to me. But I'd always wanted to be an actor. So I... I hit up my one friend who was acting and I said, you know, I'm in California. How do I, how do I start acting? He said, no matter where you are, just get an agent, try to get someone to send you on an audition. Cause there's always something filming somewhere, especially in San Francisco. So uh, another thing I learned when I got to San Jose, the 49ers play in San Jose. So that's an hour plus from San Francisco. They are not anywhere near San Francisco. <laughs> little, little known fact, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's, I learned that the day I showed up. So if anyone's taking a job with the Niners, um, that's not in San Francisco for the record. But anyway, I got an agent in Oakland, which was an hour away, and I would drive all the way there and say, hey, you know, I, I can remember lines. Please send me on auditions. And they sent me on some auditions. I would kind of sneak away from the 49ers. And I booked this reenactment show, which was a really funny one of those shows on investigation discovery where somebody almost gets away with it and, like, I played this guy that broke out of jail when he was a teenager and kind of like ran around the country getting chased by the police. And we shot it for like five days. And ironically enough, the 49ers were hosting the Super Bowl that year. So we had five days off. We, uh, our stadium got locked down. They made this whole perimeter for the Super Bowl and the office was in the stadium. So I had five days to not be there. It just worked out. And it went so well. Like I had such a good time acting and you know getting paid to act being on set and just having fun but I just realized that's what I really wanted to do with my life so I quit the Niners about a month later and moved down to uh, LA to be an actor and that was it 
Well, that's great. I mean, and as you look at this piece too, so talk a little bit, right, about maybe the influence that's that's led you to to doing some of these pieces. And and obviously with you being a professional actor and the work that you're doing, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, these videos that are taking place on on Twitter are just fun or this or that, because the the numbers that you've done and the number of views and how it's taken off in a short period of time, uh, that's truly been something pretty remarkable, at least in my mind. And, you know, as you look at this, I guess, what was the influence to even get you to say, hey, I'm going to go out and do something like this a little bit outside the norm, but you know, let me put myself out there and, and see if the fans really like it. Well, th- thank you. Thanks for the kind words. Um, you know, this guy, Joey Molinaro, he's this guy from uh, from Indianapolis, and I, I had seen a couple of his videos. He was creating um, – one that really caught my eye was he did a press conference post-date, uh, like post-third date press conference, and he kind of had a towel over his head. <laughs> yes, I saw that one. Yeah, he was kind of taking questions, and I thought that was so funny because I've seen so many press conferences, and you and I both know that they all kind of look the same. These dudes are in their locker, kind of half answering the questions, kind of half not, and um, the reporters are kind of just, you know, trying to get through it, and sometimes the athlete's helpful, and sometimes he's not. And uh, he put these little stats under the interview on a slug, like uh, 0-3 lifetime after meeting the parents and things like that, or like told four jokes, got three laughs. I just got a huge kick out of that. That was really clever by him. So I took it upon myself to just – I figured I got to make one of these for Buffalo people and just shout the kid out. I mean, imitation is the most sincere floor, form of flattery. So I just made them for, for Buffalo people, and people picked up on it. But that kid totally had the idea first, and I figured, you know, we're all stuck inside for the next month. And I've always wanted to – you know, be an actor. I might as well just make my own videos, put myself out there. And the worst thing that can happen is no one watches it or people call me silly. But I think putting myself out there, um, you know, people laughed and people people liked it. And the feedback was really positive. And Buffalo is a city that, you know, looks out for its own. And everyone was like, you know, these are hilarious. Keep doing it. And a, an overwhelming response was like, you know, we need more, need more of this. So I figured, hey, I should just keep going because it felt really good to, uh, get positive feedback and make people laugh. You know, I've always wanted to make people smile, especially in a time like this where, you know, people are kind of going through it. So I guess that's where it all came from. And it's Well, fun. I think I think it's interesting, as you say, it too, right? Because Joey Malinaro is one of those guys that certainly, um, and you think over this last month, you've seen kind of his um, – his success, you've seen it grow in certain ways. Um, Frank Caliendo, another guy, right, that has obviously been around for for years, but you've even seen the two of them decide to team up on a few things. And then as we first saw your work, again, it was just one of those pieces where, uh, as fans of the Buffalo Bills, right, you can always see so many things online where, you know, maybe fans get a little too defensive of people taking shots at the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And here, come, here comes these videos, right? We're like, what if, what if the Bills Mafia was like the real Mafia? Um, talk to me a little bit about that, because I, I honestly, one, as you put it together, uh, thought it was hysterical from everything of the the different characters that you were playing in it to the, the you know the blue cheese going missing all of these different pieces but i thought that was a piece obviously it was very creative but one of those that really took off with bills fans thank you thanks again um i had just finished the sopranos i mean i haven't even finished season six but i just watched it for like a couple months it takes a while to get through and you know it's such a wild show and i figured you know, the Bills Mafia started because 
people on the internet used to bully other people for coming at the Buffalo Bills, which is ironic because people have all the reasons to come at the Bills back in the day. But just the the kind of caption hit me first. Like if Bills Mafia was the real mafia, and I just said I have to make a video where I can just type that as the caption. So I just kind of modeled an episode of The Sopranos in like two minutes and just put as many Buffalo references in there as I could. And uh, a funny line from Sopranos that I completely copied was uh, in one of the episodes, the dude Christopher Moltisanti, he has these two young guys working under him. And, you know, they try to kind of suck up to him because they did something bad. And he said, you know, next time two Porsches go missing, I want it two towns over and I want a taste. Right. Such a kick out of that line. I said, I have to put this in here. So I figured I'd just put it about blue cheese in Rochester and that people would laugh. And uh, it worked. And then I just wanted to have something end where the shout song was playing. (laughs) Right. I figured it'd be funny if the guy was like smoking a cigar and just like kind of quietly humming the shout song. And um, I feel like a reporter would be at his mercy because, you know, Bills, Bills fans hate negative reporting about the Bills. I mean, the poor Mike Rodak was almost run out of town. The guy's just doing his job. But, I mean, Bills fans have trouble with people speaking negatively about the team. It's just like, it's kind of funny. So, I, I don't know. I went with it. It was fun. My roommate and my girlfriend really helped me out. They filmed everything. So Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now that. That is uh, that is great. Now, as you look at it, you know, thinking as these things started to take off and like you said, people were saying positive things online and you realize this is what you could do, it, you know, from that standpoint. I mean, did you just look at it and did you did you have a good feeling going into it that, that people would respond favorably to it or, you know, what kind of trepidation did you have there? I definitely like lost a little sleep uh, before posting a couple <laughs> of videos like, you know, is this going to make me look like a complete idiot? But then again, you know, I'm an actor, so it's not like I'm going to work on Monday and sitting at a desk and everyone's kind of looking at me out of the corner of their eye. You know, I'm an actor out in L.A. I go on auditions all the time. So 
if I can get in some extra acting work under my own roof, I mean, why not? So definitely a couple of the videos I was really nervous. I just put out like a music video the other day and I was like, you know, I'm rapping on this and are people going to really like make fun of me? But I'm trying to make everyone laugh. So if they're, if they're laughing with me or at me, it's all good. So I'm, I'm getting through that day by day, Anthony. <laughs> now, and I think you're doing a great, a great job with that part. You know, let me ask you, right, if you don't mind talking a little football now, too. I mean, tell me your impression of, of the Bills, the moves they've made this offseason, and kind of how you're looking forward to, you know, the 2020 season. Sure. I was doing a little research before this. I was trying to come up with, like, who my ideal draft pick is, if you ask me. But <laughs> I'm still... Listen, uh, any, any draft takes you got, I'll take, but whatever works for you. I would love, I would love the Bills to get a running back, but... You know, running backs are such a funny thing right now. So I'm not sure. I feel like they should just take the best player available. Maybe take a maybe take a running back, I guess. I feel like the wide receiver thing, the Stefan Diggs was such a such an iconic trade. I was almost coming up with a skit revolving around the fact that that was a great trade. I want I want to come up with like a skit revolving around how good of a move that was because I think they explained as like a wide receiver takes a year or two to develop and you don't know if he's going to be the guy. And then, um, you know, we just traded this late first round pick for this dude who's established in the NFL. He's really, really good. And he's a, uh, he's a, he's a playmaker. So I, I applaud the bills for getting Stefan Diggs and getting uh, Addison and all these dudes that they've gotten obviously from Carolina, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're making really good moves and they're, they're not latching into anything that's too deep. You know, unfortunately, the old Bills regime was like, let's sign this guy for seven years, a zillion dollars. And like three years in, everyone's kind of looking at each other like this isn't working out. I think one thing they do really well is they they don't take huge risks. They take small risks. They sign guys to, to bite-sized contracts sometimes. And they, they draft really well, I think. I think the Packers and the Patriots, they, they don't have like any free agents. They just draft people and they win all these Super Bowls. Let's just let's just keep it all in-house, you know? I'm all about that. Well, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have definitely turned the corner on the franchise. And and again, right, if you were uh if you were out of it for seven years, <laughs> came came to most fans would be pretty happy with the job that they've done. Uh, Chris, you know what, where can everybody find your work? I think is, you know, we talk about it like we said, I'll I'll link it here at the article at buffalorumblings.com. But for those of you that want to, you know, follow along online and, and see what Chris is up to, where's the best place for everyone to find what you're doing? Thanks. Uh, my Instagram and my Twitter handle these are the same exact letters, so it's Chris C H R I S C O, then the numbers one one, then the letters I N S. So it kind of looks like Chris Collins, but my name is somewhat common. Uh, shout out to the corrupt congressman who has the same name as me. He's not related to me. <laughs> He's not my dad. My dad's a good dude. Shout out to my dad. Um, but that's where my work is. You can look at my Instagram. It's all right there. Or you can kind of scroll through the Twitter and feel free to reach out. I'll say back. I'll say hi back. Or if anyone's ever in L.A., you know, say what's up. Well, Chris, that is great. Like I said, I appreciate the work that you're doing. I know so many Bills fans do. And hopefully this helps introduce a, a few other folks to the work that you're doing, as we say all the time, right? Kind of uncertain times right now. People are at home looking for things to put a smile on their face. And, and your work has definitely done that. So hopefully we can have you back on the podcast sometime as we get closer to the season and talk about more of the great work that you've been doing. 
Thanks, Anthony. I guess the pressure's on, but I'll, you know what? I'll step up to the plate. Uh, all right, man. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.